0: Hi, I'm St. Club Mayor Dave Kleist. Welcome to the Daily Update. Uh, this is our opportunity to update you on what's going on in the city. You had an opportunity, of many of you probably uh, watched uh, the governor's uh, daily update also that takes place at 2 o'clock, and uh, they they update on, of course, uh, this uh, update today on, on some of the uh, uh, additional um, uh, re- lightening of some of the restrictions or adding some uh, retail. And, of course, that is all available uh, on the state Um, portal, which is actually mn.gov is probably the easiest way. Just go to mn.gov. You'll see coronavirus uh, or COVID-19. You can click on there and that gives the exemptions. It talks about not only the guidelines, uh, but also gives you an update of all of the numbers, too. Uh, you hear uh, Commissioner Malcolm today give the numbers. Uh, so all of the aspect from the state piece, you can connect that on our website, too, uh, by just going to our city website. It says uh, COVID-19. Also, coronavirus information, well, that'll give you a link to the Minnesota Department of Health, at the federal level, the CDC, uh, to our Emergency Operations Center. Uh, local hotlines are on there, too, 877-7825683 is that local hotline that's answered here locally by individuals during the week and uh, all the numbers, the uh, all of the um, links I should say to all of those websites are through our website or go directly to those on, on there. Uh, I'll always have a request for the numbers here locally. You can get that on the portal, too, by the way, the mn.gov. But locally, of course, those numbers with all the additional testing, uh, we've seen uh, significant increases in the numbers of positive cases all over the state. uh, Because of that testing, in fact, um, the statewide is 5,136 of the, unfortunately, uh, uh, 343 deaths. Uh, But on the good news aspect, 2,172 have recovered and are no longer required have any isolation or quarantine Uh, and locally uh, those numbers have increased also significantly because of uh, the testing uh, 15 uh, in Benton 28 in Sherburn, and 267 uh, in Stearns County and uh, that's the Stearns County piece is an increase of uh, of 101 Uh, so those numbers are there of course with the testing we expect uh, additional uh, increases in that um, those numbers uh, but uh, I want to uh, uh, stress uh, and the importance of the gratitude I have and I know the community has on folks uh, doing their you know uh, doing the right thing and a lot of folks just stepping up a, and doing uh, you know those are on the front line, the folks in our healthcare uh, industry and of course all the folks that are, are continuing uh, uh, to help and support uh, our community and those of you who are, are doing your part, uh, the volunteers you generosity is is uh, is amazing and uh, that we appreciate greatly so thank you for doing that uh, we here at the city continue to operate um, the aspect of uh, we our services the services that uh, you expect from us public safety infrastructure uh, part of that infrastructure is our water and our sewer and uh, the council will be having a meeting on monday uh, the agenda went out yesterday so the public hearing on a lot of the items that are in there actually started yesterday so you can you can phone in You can email, you can drop in the drop box by City Hall your comments on those public hearings. Go to the city's website, you can get all that information. One of the items that the council will have before them on Monday is a renewal of a... Our, our hydro facility which is a you know it's a renewable resource the Mississippi River uh, we're very fortunate to have for a lot of reasons but in particular because of our water and energy that it provides uh, long uh, and I'm going to turn it over to Tracy Odell who is our director of, of uh, services uh, public services and um, has been with the city for a long time and is in charge of you know a lot of the ingenuity comes from her and her team and she's going to talk a little bit uh, about the aspect of um, the renewal in, a, in our hydro facility, which actually the city actually over the years revenue comes back to the city by us producing energy that's sold to our our, our partner Excel, uh, and so she'll talk a little bit about that. That's the, a council decision to renew that on Monday. Um, so as we want to make sure that the public's very well aware. Of what they're doing. It also gives the council an opportunity to, for this presentation. She'll, she'll uh, replicate that again on Monday, but I wanted to bring her on on this update because uh, we want to make sure that we are as transparent and accountable and uh, to you um, in this different times when we are not necessarily a- able to be there in person. We want to make sure that you have the information, uh, so we're, we're doing that today for Monday's meeting. So I'll take, turn it over to Tracy.
1: All right. Thank you, Mayor, and really appreciate the opportunity to come here today and let everybody know not just about the new power purchase agreement that we are going to be presenting to council on Monday night for consideration of approval, but just a little bit of background about the facility. And it's a resource that I don't know a lot of people realize the importance that it has for the city and for the community and for the residents and kind of some win-win examples so as the mayor mentioned i've been here a long time um, been over in the city as um, started in wastewater and been in utilities for over 19 years and um, out of those 16 year 19 years 16 of those i've been involved with the operations at the hydroelectric generation facility. So have a little bit of history at that location, and um, it's a really, it's a great facility, one of the best maintained facilities, thanks to our operators out there, and um, they do a great job out there. So this agreement's a pretty big agreement that is gonna be moved forward. It's uh, renewing our existing agreement went in effect in 1986. So it expires in October of 2021. So it's a 35-year agreement that we had with NSP XL Energy at that time. So today I'm going to talk to you about the facility. We'll talk to you about the old agreement versus the new agreement, how we got to where we were at today. But I thought I could start with some history of this location first. So it's interesting, We I don't know how many people know that there's a rich history in the St. Cloud community of hydropower itself. Our first hydroelectric facility was constructed in city of St. Cloud in 1885. So this facility and this location is just right um, south of University Bridge and by St. Cloud State University. And... Um, The first one was constructed, like I said, in 1885. At that time, it cost $200,000. Today's money, that's about $6 million. And it's made out of timber and stone. And the power from this facility powered all the mills and all for the residents in the area. In fact, in the late 1800s all the way to the early 1900s, there was two hydro facilities. And they provided the power, all of the power, for the entire city. And it was the only energy source at that time. So in 1924, NSP ended up purchasing the facility from St. Cloud Public Services Company that was purchased out by A.J. Whitney, and then they also owned all the street car lines that were in the city of St. Cloud. One of the interesting things in this article from the 19 early 1900s was that energy in 1900 was 20 cents a kilowatt hour, and it dropped to 15 cents later on in the 20s. And it kind of gives you a good example of what I'm going to talk about in a couple slides here about the value of energy and how it goes up and down because for reference, as a homeowner, you're typically paying about $0.14 a kilowatt hour, so not a lot different from the 1920s. So in 1931, that original dam was rebuilt, and then in 1967 is where things got interesting. So at that time, NSP started seeing some issues with the dam itself. And so they decided that it wasn't feasible any longer for them to produce power at that site. So they ended up dropping the pool upstream of the hydro facility by six feet. And that was a big deal for St. Cloud. That's when St. Cloud really became interested because for those of you that do not know, we get our drinking water from the Mississippi River in that pool area that this facility and this dam creates at the drinking water treatment facility just south of the St. Claude Hospital is our intake station for the facility. And so when that pool dropped by six feet, it makes a big difference for our operations. And we started to get worried about our reliability of having our source water for, for drinking water. So not only on the drinking water side was the city interested in purchasing this dam, was also the recreational use. So we have Wilson Park up there, and we have a lot of property owners that have docks and boats and pontoons, and they use that for recreational use. And so dropping that pool by six feet was a big deal. And so that was the primary reason why the City of St. Cloud ended up purchasing it in 1967, and then rebuilt the dam structure itself. So the photo to your right is a construction. We finished construction in 1972, so that was kind of the start in 1970 there. And then in 1980s, late 1980s, we decided to actually construct and build a hydroelectric generation facility. So NSP has all the transmission infrastructure. So what, even though there was no energy being produced at that site from 1967 to 1988, that transmission system was in place. So all we had to do was generate the power and then we would go sell it to NSP and then they would put it on their grid in their transmission system to get the power out to where it was needed. And that is when we started our 35-year agreement. We started those agreements in 1986. 1988 is when we started producing power at that location. This is just an overview of the structures at the hydroelectric facility. We have, of course, the spillway. The spillway creates the pressure needed to get the water through the turbines itself and to generate that electricity. The powerhouse is in that location there and on the west side, and then the turbine discharge just just downstream. Then we have the spillway controls. You probably noticed that new building when you drive across University Drive, and that is to hold all the hydraulic controls for the spillway itself. The tainter gates are what we use to optimize power production, and then the trash racks protect the turbines, so we don't have any of the large logs and things like that that get into the river, and it doesn't damage the turbines itself. The facility is regulated by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or what's namely called FERC, and actually FERC was the one who was interested in purchasing that dam back in the 60s, but because the municipality needed it for a drinking water source, we were able to go in and negotiate and purchase above um, above FERC. We we're just higher on the priority list, and then we're also regulated by the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. We're run of the river, so we want to make sure that anything we're doing is not impacting the environment in a negative manner. Going to talk a little bit next about how much energy is produced at this location, but just to give you a feel for what a kilowatt hour is. If you're not in the energy world, it's probably an odd unit that you're not used to hearing. So for an example, one kilowatt hour of electricity gives you the power to brew 90 cups of coffee, 62 ounces of beer, uh, gives you enough kilowatt hours to bake a birthday cake, surf the web for five hours, or blow dry your hair for three times. So it just kind of gives you a feel for what one kilowatt hour of electricity really is. This slide tells you how much we are producing. So our facility produces up to 60 million. It's usually between 50 and 60 million kilowatt hours a year. You'll see the production chart on your lower left-hand side there. And you'll see that we do go up and down through the season. So spring runoff, we have our highest production months. And then if we have a rainy season later in the fall, which we have the last few years, we'll have higher production. And then we see the environmental benefits of this facility. So this facility generates enough clean energy source power for 7,000 homes. It is the equivalent to having to burn 47 million pounds of coal, and the equivalent to the emissions from 105 million miles driven by a passenger vehicle. So not only is it a environmental benefit for the city of St. Cloud, it's a financial benefit. So you'll see on this that over the years we have transferred over five, almost $5.5 million into our property tax supported budget and to, produce, to buy police cars, fire trucks, um, fund personnel within the property tax. So what that means to you is you have lower rates, lower property tax rates because of that. And we didn't have to raise them to be able to pay for those things. This is an overview of the look of the future benefit. If the agreement gets approved on Monday and the Public Utilities Commission approves it thereafter, we will continue to see a significant revenue stream coming in from this facility. We paid the debt service off the capital of that in 2018. So you can see these numbers that even with a big drop, which I'm going to talk about, You'll see in 2018 to 2019 on the left-hand side of your screen, kind of put my pointer over there, you'll see that's kind of what we're getting paid right now. And now when we renew in October of 21, it is going to drop. You'll see a significant drop in value. And that is because our old agreement had two major factors of how we got revenue, capacity and energy sales. Now capacity, there's just no value of capacity anymore in the energy market and the wholesale market. So... That is actually the difference between the old and the new pricing. So it's all based off energy sales. But the great thing about this new agreement, as you can see, the upward trend is a guaranteed rate increase per unit produced each year. So we have a guaranteed amount of revenue coming in each year based off the production numbers. So we can still have a pretty significant revenue stream coming in and you know, depending on what we want to do with that cash balance. So it is a benefit, and it to be a benefit to the city. This is a little bit overview of our existing agreement. So we've been working on this new agreement since 2017. In 2017, we hired Avant Energy. They're a consulting company out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they helped us go through some alternatives, which we'll go through in a couple slides here, of other things that we could look at besides renewing with NSP. And so to look at that, like I mentioned earlier, the capacity and the energy sales payments, that was our existing agreement, so we had that value. And then in 2018, or NSP came back to us and said, okay, now we know the value of energy is lower, how will you take eight year agreement, which ended up resulting for us in a 40% reduction in annual revenue each year. Now the reason why it's such a big drop is because a shorter term agreement, you're going to get a lower rate. So we did some further negotiations, and we came up with what's going to be before Council on Monday night, which is a 20-year agreement. And yes, the beginning, like you saw in the first, this here, you'll see that there's a drop at the beginning portion of the contract, but as we get further on, we actually don't see as much of a drop of revenue that we would have with the eight-year agreement. So you're looking at about a 20%, 28% reduction early on, and then over the life of the contract, you're about 8% reduction in revenue. Here's the Hydro Power Purchase Agreement timeline, so 1986, of course. So when we executed that agreement between St. Cloud and NSP, the pricing system was based off avoided cost formula. So the avoided cost just means what would have that utility had to pay if they had to build new power generation instead of getting it from, say, St. Cloud from the hydro generation facility. So it was a whole different rate structure. And then what happened in 2005? Those that act was amended. The Energy Policy Act was amended. So what happened was. The energy that's being produced was able to get on the wholesale energy market, so that's when we saw the significant drop in energy value. Because especially, and then now we have solar and we have or solar and wind power on the grid. Of course, there's not a lot of variable costs with solar and wind. So there's no fuel costs with solar. There's very little operation maintenance costs very low capital costs to build these type of renewable energy sources. So these developers can sell it on that wholesale market for whatever they can really get for it is what they're doing. So they're getting really depressed values because they're benefiting from it. But what it does is it brings all energy sources and values. It depresses that. And then in 2000, well, 2005 is when when the MISO, the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, so that's the energy sales wholesale market system was online and Minnesota became part of that. And then in 2017, like I mentioned with Avant Energy, we began looking at different alternates. 2018 was our first proposal. 2019, we continue our negotiations. And then in 2020, so far, we've really been looking at the legal and the operational side of the agreement. And then 2021, it expires. And then the new one would expire in 2041. Last couple of slides here talks about the value of energy again. So kind of looking at where we are today, where we were, where we are today as far as value, and then what's our contract look like. So this is just a three-year average. The green bar chart looks at the value. This is the revenue we're getting in with our current contract. If we decided to just be done with NSP and we're just going to sell it on the MISO market, that's what that black column is. So that's the value and revenue that we would get if we did that. And then the blue column is just showing the first three years of our new contract. So yes, it is lower than our green bar and our existing contract, but it's a lot higher than our current market prices right now. Alternates that we considered. So as I mentioned, Vaughn Energy helped us go through this and review this. Um, a couple of the alternates we looked at was contracting with another utility, supplying our own loads, selling to someone like St. Cloud State that could use it. Um, We could sell it on the MISO market, we could create our own municipality, um, or we could sell our facilities. So we went through the pros and cons. I'm not going to go through all these right now, but uh, the biggest cons with a lot of these alternates is we'd have to still use NSP's transmission system. So there's a significant amount of, of arrangements and costs and agreements that would come with that. Uh, the other thing was selling on the MISO, we'd get that black bar price. It would be extremely low revenue coming in if we're going to be selling it on the market today. And then uh, to sell it, uh, the biggest concern we have with that is the risk related to maintaining the pool for our drinking water supply and recreational use. And it's not consistent with our long-term sustainability plans and our energy goals. So that would be a big risk for the city. And again, that was the main reason why we ended up purchasing the dam is to have that control the pool level for our drinking water supply. So next steps where we're at, Monday night, like the mayor said, it will be in front of our council. At that time, we'll work on getting that executed. If it gets approved, then it goes to Excel, has 45 days to bring it forth to the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission, and then the Public Utilities Commission decides if this is a reasonable contract rate or not, and lets us know if we can move forward with the agreement. So with that, that's all the information I have today. I hope you learned something new about the facility and kind of some examples of why hydro is a win-win for the City of St. Cloud, the residents here. Um, A reminder that uh, David Niles from Avant Energy will be at the meeting on Monday night, so he will be able to answer any questions that you have as well, virtually, of course. Uh, With that, I'm going to hand it back to the mayor to explain how you can ask questions between now and Monday night.
0: Oh, thanks, Tracy. I appreciate the opportunity, and the, and uh, this goes a little little longer than our normal uh, updates on a daily basis. But I think this is extremely important because the last time uh, that the city agreed this type of a, a, came to an agreement on this type of agreement uh, on our hydro uh, was when I was between my freshman and sophomore year of college, so at St. Cloud State. So it has been uh, quite some time, and uh, it's important, I think. Because uh, it, it's it's a it's a bright spot in, in the aspect of a, a financial year for the city that is starting out pretty rocky uh, as as is the case with everybody with the the aspect of COVID-19 and the related uh, economic uh, challenges that we have. So it's good that we, we finish this. It's been a lot, of, a lot of time in the negotiation piece. And, uh, you know, if you go back uh, the history uh, of hydro, and it's extremely important, it does help uh, reduce the burden that you have uh, as property tax owners uh, or property taxpayers. payers, uh, whether, whether you own, whether you rent, uh, whether you have a business. Um, and in these tough times, anything that we can do to help that is going to help you um, so I wanted uh, Tracy to come in and explain uh, that in a little bit more detail than we would normally do uh, because we're doing things now differently uh, and we're doing uh, our meetings uh, virtual, so I think it's important. Uh, you can weigh in uh, on this or weigh in on pretty much anything uh, that we are discussing at the council meeting. I know the council members uh, really uh, appreciate that. Uh, you, Their numbers are all uh, on, the, on the web uh, when you go in there. Uh, President... Uh, uh, Gerger will be uh, starting the m- the meeting, and of course they'll all be uh, joining uh, virtually. So, uh, uh, Council Member. Uh, Laraway, Council Member Hontos, Council Member Lewis, Council Member um, Masters, Council Member Brandmeier, and Council Member uh, Conway uh, will all be uh, there uh, in a little different capacity. They'll be doing it uh, from their homes, uh, but they look forward to uh, the input that you have. You you have five days, or four days now. Uh, We started with the public hearing openings uh, uh, prior to this, and uh, so you can watch that on Channel 181 uh, on Monday at 6 p.m. or streaming uh, on our website. And uh, your information you can have, you can call in uh, the number uh, in the that's in our website, uh, both the phone number and the email, or like I said before, you can drop things off here. So uh, thank you again uh, for all that you're doing uh, to help us get through this uh, pandemic. Uh, and stay healthy, stay well, and God bless you.